There are three different options for the place for the priest to be when he preaches the homily. One is the obvious that I use 96% of the time at the ambo, right over here. One is the one that, well, I guess it's probably more than 4%, but when I get to preach at the school mass, we do have the freedom to walk a bit in the church, in the sanctuary, which I love to do with the kids at the school mass, ask and ask them questions, and usually they give better answers than I was expecting and bring out deeper theological truths than I was getting to myself. But the other option for the priest to preach is to be seated. And I've never done that before. And tonight, since we were already set up for the washing of the feet in a few minutes with this beautiful bench that we've had for a long time right here in the center, we thought, hey, now is the time to try it out. And I will tell you just the other nice thing. A, it feels more intimate. I'm so glad to be close to you all. Although I will say, didn't expect the huge army of servers we were going to get. So guys, I'm sorry for sealing your seats. Um, but it's good. And then also, the other thing I wasn't expecting in doing this, and our good friend, soon-to-be father, right now Deacon Darren Balk, he said, I thought I'd sit out here by myself, but he said, that will look ridiculous because there are three seats, and if you sit in the middle, it's just going to look bizarre. So I am surrounded by two of my best friends that are right here with me as I get to expound on the beauties of tonight from the place of the teacher. And that's the thing when you think about when Jesus came to Nazareth and read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And then it says he sat down and all the eyes were upon him. Now that's because uh, at that time in the synagogue when someone would teach, they would teach from that place of sitting. So like they were expecting him to speak, to go forward. And I know it looks different for us in this way, but I will tell you, I'm not just going on and on because I'm nervous. I am very excited because like our Lord, I've eagerly anticipated and desired to share this meal with you, to share this mass with you. This is one of the best nights of the whole year. We've entered now into the sacred triduum. And I've heard it put that these three days are basically like where you normally you have the mass and it takes these three days and condenses them into one small short period. That's why I don't wear a watch. It's like you take Holy Thursday to Easter Sunday in every single mass. At each mass, it is the passion, the death, the resurrection of our Lord. Every mass we come to. Well, beginning tonight, it's stretched out is though we get to enter back into what happened during those glorious hours in the Holy Land 2,000 years ago. But the beautiful thing is, as I said this past Sunday on Palm Sunday, it's no mere, hey, remember when that happened? That was neat, let's move on. It's an actual participation, as we just sang so beautifully in the Responsorial Psalm, a participation in the chalice of Christ in his pouring out his blood for us. And there's a beautiful line right in the midst of the gospel, the one that we all know so well at the beginning of the 13th chapter of the gospel of John, of Jesus washing the feet of the apostles. And it's one that really hit me right between the eyes as I was praying with it this morning. Do you realize what I have done for you? Do you realize what I have done for you? 
And when you think about that, when it comes to our Lord, do you realize what I have done for you? I think I have to say to him in all honesty pretty much every day, no, (laughs) I don't get it. Because I think on a certain level, if we really understood the fullness of all of this, and quite frankly, how good we've got it, I think we would die, as St. John Biani said about the priesthood, not from fear, but from joy. In recognizing the great gifts that we have, that we are given all the time, do you realize what I have done for you? And the beautiful thing is, is our Lord has been prepping for this, you know, from the beginning, from the garden. And tonight, the church calls our attention to the Passover in that first reading. And of course, it's one of those things that we don't completely understand and we don't spend a lot of time going through the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament. And it feels kind of odd to us to think about those kind of sacrifices. But that particular one, the sacrifice of the Passover lamb, specifically the first time it happened, it was a type of sacrifice called the Todah, a thankful uh, sacrifice, one given in Thanksgiving. And one of the differences between that sacrifice and other types is in that sacrifice, the animal that was sacrificed, the people got to eat the animal. And so when you think about that, the Passover lamb, the people who, as we heard in the reading from Exodus, they ate the, the sacrifice with their loins girt. What does that mean? Their clothes were on and like ready to go. They were ready to move into action. And so as that lamb is sacrificed, and I mean, it sounds odd to us to hear about the roasted flesh, lamb chops, right? I mean, it's, it's food, it's good food with the bitter herbs and the unleavened bread. Our Lord knows how to give good food and it was a strengthening food because the battle wasn't done, it was just beginning. Our Lord was, was overcoming all of the gods of Egypt as we hear in that first reading that at that point he was saying, I am God, the true God. Not all of these false ones that the Egyptians worship, and not even the God of power, of Pharaoh and their strength and their armies. Whatever all of these different things are, I'm stronger than this. But I don't just want to beat them like you beat other armies. I want to win over your heart. He wanted each of them to be in love with him, to keep going. And he gave them a strengthening sacrifice in that lamb that prefigured something else later on, which we'll talk about in a moment, to move on through those 40 years of the desert. We've just spent 40 days in Lent in preparing for right now, for recognizing the fact that it didn't end with a lamb, at least not a lamb that you can raise out in the field. We get the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who comes to give us himself. Once again, the sacrifice that I had the incredible honor of offering as a priest tonight on this, on this wonderful solemnity of the Last Supper of our Lord, this Triduum, this Last Supper meal, in which he gives us himself, the Lamb of God. And I'll get to say it in a few moments. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And think about this. Once again, that sacrifice is not burned up, we receive it. We're given that strength to go out, to continue on in the pilgrimage throughout the desert. Because we know, we live in a desert. Life is hard, it's tough. 
But he doesn't just send us out there with empty stomachs. He doesn't send us out there with nothing. He says, do you realize what I have done for you? And even the symbolism in what he does in this Mass, what he did at that Last Supper, think about this, he's reclining at table with them, he's at the supper, he's comfortable, he rises, he takes off his outer garments, I get to do that in a moment, it's a beautiful thing to see, he comes down just with that undergarments and washes the feet of his disciples, and then goes back up and clothes himself again. Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, it's as though he rose from the table in heaven. He took, out the, took off the outer garment of his glory and descended down to be with us. To do what? To wash away our sins. To be with us. To help us along the way. And unfortunately for us, in some ways, although really not unfortunately, it's not a one and done kind of thing. As he says to Peter, yes, you're washed all over, but you're not totally clean. We all know the experience. We've been baptized. But unfortunately, we fall back into sin again and again, don't we? Do you realize what I have done for you? Unfortunately, we have very short attention spans. Not just Father Rossi, but all of us, right? We forget so quickly how good he is from day to day what he does for us. We walk in the wrong direction. We get dirty again. But it doesn't end there. And he doesn't just go up to heaven and sit from afar and just kind of you know, look from far away. What does he say at the end? What I have done for you, do for one another. This is the commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. As we go out there into the world, given the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the sacrifice that we get to eat, that is strengthening to us, that as we face the desert, as we go out there, we don't go out there alone, do we? We have Jesus Christ in our midst. And I would say we are so blessed because when you look at the Last Supper tonight that we recall on this special night, his friends ran away from him, right? As soon as the going got tough, they got going, as the old expression goes. Peter was convinced he wouldn't, and he did. We have the body of Christ. And look at me. I'm surrounded by two of the toughest guys in the neighborhood, right? Like, I have this strength thing right here. We have one another in being able to move through the deserts. We are called to love one another, and he has given us the sacraments to do just that. And then, to make that love real. Think about this. Jesus Christ didn't just send us a disembodied book. He doesn't just give us a dead letter. We don't just have something we watch. What we have are living examples of Him around us. Strengthened by the body of Christ. The gift that we celebrate that we receive tonight. And we recognize that what we move out into as this Mass ends and we go through the procession to the altar of repose... We know that we go out there into a dark world. But what do we bear with us? The light of Christ. The light of Christ that is not overcome by the darkness. The light that He took off His outer garment of glory came into the midst with us to give us that light to bear out into a darkened desert to show the world that that light cannot be overcome. And typically, 
We get that every single day in about a half hour daily mass, an hour and 15, because I go on and on. But you know, we get that every day. Our Lord gives it to us. But in these next days, we get the chance to stop and reflect. Do you realize what I have done for you? Do you realize what I have done for you? Remember this. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them till the end. The end has not come yet. He remains with us. He loves us. And we get that ultimate assurance in the fact that the sacraments remain. Don't worry about the waves crashing against the boat. Are they terrifying? You bet they are. I'm scared of them too. But our Lord is with us in the boat. He gives us Himself in the sacraments. He strengthens us with the sacrifice of Himself, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice that we eat. And remember this, even if we've strayed, even if our feet kind of go off the path, the good news for us is, yes, tonight I get this awesome opportunity, this awesome privilege of getting to wash the feet of 12 of our fellow parishioners, people that are coming into the church, people that have been in the church for a long time, church employees, people that have been here and around and all this, and it's good. And I hope their feet are clean. I hope there's not a lot of toe jam. There probably will be some. If there's a problem, look who I got right here, right? We're going to be just fine. It's okay. But the good news for us, folks, is that even though this particular ceremony is once a year, and it's beautiful, and I'm grateful to God for it, and I will probably cry, but the good news is, is that here at Sacred Art and churches all across the world, it's like Chick-fil-A, confessions, we have them every day but Sunday. Why? Because it's not the toe jam and the dirt that we're worried about, it's the sin that takes us away from our Lord and one another. But he has provided us with the way to have those sins forgiven. Go to confession yourself. Encourage one another to go there. I'm a priest. We intimidate people. It's what happens. We try not to, but we all need to be in this together. We are the body of Christ with that sacrifice of him right in the middle who continues to offer us the way home to the Father, the way through this desert, the way through the darkness when we've wandered and strayed. He washes away that sin and invites us back to the table as he puts back on his garment of glory and invites us to do the same. While we move through this desert of darkness, while we continue on, yes, we know that tonight is not the end. It's the beginning of the rest of our lives, right? It is the beginning that we recognize that he gives us himself once again that he does not leave us alone, that he loved his own in the world and loved them till the end and stays with us and encourages, as I have loved you, love one another. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever.